to her folly through mid on for four. Jeffrey Bolter, 100-100, the place to get it here on his home ground at Heavenly. Got it! Got it! Well deserved, a magnificent delivery from Darren Goff. Must be very close to five. Got him! What a patch this is for Ryan Sidebottom. Welcome to the Covers Off podcast from Yorkshire County Cricket Club. I'm Richard Pyra and I'm delighted to welcome back Brez. How are you feeling, Brez? Good to be back? Yeah, really good to be back, mate. Um, absolutely. I was in the cold out in the out in the wilderness for a little bit, but uh, now I'm back. Back stronger. Back stronger. <laughs> what, was it the man was it the the dreaded man flu that you had? It was the man man flu, yeah. Man flu. Um but you, not, but you milk that. Milk that for as didn't, much as mate. We all had it together, so we all had to muck in. So myself, my wife, three kids, all went through it. Never cleaned as many toilets, I'll tell you that. Well, it looks as though you've lost a bit of weight anyway from it, so always a bonus. Save some cash <laughs> on Domino's and Curry's as well, to be fair. Um, yeah, so our guest of honour today is Yorkshire legend and one of the funniest blokes we've ever played cricket with. He played 619 professional games, scoring 23,000. 675 runs and taking 240 wickets. Yes, he's, he's played 18 times for England. He's won the CNG Cup and the County Championship as a player and was the first head coach ever to do the double of winning the T20 and the Championship. Any more titles? I'm sure not. <laughs> Let's check him out. Delighted to welcome Anthony McGrath. Some CV, that mags. Hi, lads. Thanks for having us on. Uh, yeah, um, makes me feel old, does that? But some good memories there, reading down the list, obviously. Brilliant time at Yorkshire over 20 odd years uh, and now five years down in Essex. So um, I think I've been a lucky boy, really. Two great clubs. My time at Yorkshire, incredibly lucky to play with some great teammates, some great players, and um, a few trophies along the way. Uh, we, you are actually the uh, the oldest bloke we've had on the cast so far, Terry. So <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> we've had Mick Cadmore on as well. <laughs> <laughs> he looks young, so if- he looks good. It did look good. Tell you what we did uh, the other night. We had a, a, a quiz, you know, one of these sort of quizzes that the uh, social chairman organised. And Mick did as a, a guest in, as a um, mystery guest. So he dressed up in, uh, he was in stockings and suspenders, a short skirt, high heels, a bustier with a wig on and a tash, vacuuming, singing along to uh, Queen. <laughs> he looked, he looked good. And they weren't patter. <laughs> no, it was Mick. Big Mick oh, Cadmore, I thought it? I meant you were trying to be Pato. <laughs> no, I don't know. No uh, mystery guest, wasn't it? Like, question uh, gotcha. Anyway, something we do as a regular sort of sequence is we like to get everyone's backstory. So all the guests we've had on so far, we've talked about how they got into cricket, what their inspiration was to, you know, to or when they decided actually they wanted to play for a living and, you know, what sort of their career path took from, you know, grassroots all the way through into the county first team. Well, I think for me, I didn't really have much choice. I come from a sporting family. Both my brothers played sport, won professional rugby and middle brother played a lot of cricket and football. I grew up about 20 yards from a cricket pitch and 100 metres from a sports centre. So sport was part of my life from an early age. And then I spent most summers going around watching my brothers play in cricket so um, I got the bug from there played for my local club Bank Foot into the Yorkshire system and then from 11-12 came up through the Yorkshire uh, Yorkshire ranks and then 
joined the academy, I think, around 1990 or 1991. And then, um, obviously, was got, that the old YTS? So, were you one of the original YTS? No, I missed, I missed that, luckily. I think that were a, a bit of painting side screens and walls, and I was still in sixth form. So, uh-huh. um, some of the lads... Uh, some of the lads were leaving school at 13 or 14, so they got the bad jobs in the winter and I just came in for the cricket in the summer. <laughs> right. Who was in charge of the academy then, Mags? Um, at that time, we had John Pearson, oh, yeah. who you'll know well, yeah, and Mike Barr. And then people like Doug Padgett were around, Steve Oldham. So they were like the, the early kind of coaches and everyone was scared to death of them at that point. So, um, some you know, everyone just... Yeah, just kept the kept the heads down and um uh but JP and Mike Ball were brilliant with the lads. You know, we used to um have a few trips out and um always culminated in a game at Scarborough towards the end of the year. So um we used to see who could run fastest at the fish shop and uh, then Mike Ball would let you off the field the next morning. If you could if you could get him a special <laughs> could get him a special and chips, he'd be happy. But um Yeah, he was a Tell you great what, man, he, he hit he hit a high ball, didn't he? Building Oof. Jeez. As soon yeah. as those rubber rubber bats came out, oh wow, 10 seconds hang time. I don't know if you remember Dave Hamilton, we were on Academy a bit, he played a bit of second team, poor Dave, he had to keep going until he caught three consecutive catches, he must have been going 30 minutes, noddy ball, <laughs> hitting him as, <laughs> as high as the moon, he just kept dropping him. <laughs> We've all been there. Good times. So, Mags, um, talk us through the ages that you came through. Then you talked about going on to the academy. Second team debut, do you remember that? um, I don't, actually. I think it might have been at Elland. I might be wrong. But um, just off the academy, people like Bradley Parker were about. PG, who's obviously with you guys now. Michael Foster, Gary Keady, Silvers. I just remember being really nervous. You know, the... uh, the lads were good, but you know, coming straight from school, pretty much in the second team, and um, wanting to get into the first team as quick as possible. But um, yeah, I think it was Elland, but you know, t- turning up in your blazer. Um, I just remember Doug Padgett actually gave me a lift to the ground. So my dad dropped me off on Manchester Road, which was near my house, and then Doug took me and I signed back like a school kid. So we got to Elland, <laughs> I think it was, and never said a word. Um, so um, yeah, I, th- I think that was one of my first games anyway. Quite intimidating back then, wasn't it? You had quite a lot of senior players in second team cricket. Yeah, I mean, my first year or two, I played with Ash Metcalf, who was, you know, I grew up watching, and Paul Jarvis, who'd been playing for England. They played in a few of my first games. So to play with them, it was just surreal, really. And as you say, in them times, you know, seniority played a huge part. You know, you had your cap players and non-cap players and like you do now. But then it was kind of if you were a non-cap player and especially a non-second team cap player, you kind of uh, spoke when you were spoken to, unless you were a bit cheeky like me. But um, most of it, yeah, you had to keep your note down uh, in case the senior players give you a bit of a run around. You've played you've play with some quality. You've mentioned quite a lot of quality players there over the years. Like, which ones would you said that you looked up to? And, you know, who were your cricketing heroes? I think coming into the Yorkshire team, we had like Martin Moxon had been there for a long time as an opener, Dave Bias, Richard Blakey, Craig White, Darren Goff had got in. But once I got into the team, after a couple of years, we had a, a certain Darren Lehman come over and he kind of changed, I reckon, my career and, and a lot of other people's career. You know, not just the, the quality kind of runs and, and, and things he did on the pitch, but he was an unbelievable guy. You know, he was give everyone belief. You know, there were no 
a secret really why we went on to win a couple of things when he were around because he was just sensational. You know, he'd get in his car after a first team game and drive down to see one of the lads who were struggling in the second team. Um, you two guys know him well as well. He's just a great guy and he was someone who worked a lot in the nets with me then. We didn't have a lot of coaches as we do now, but he was someone who would put a lot of time in and he loved talking about cricket. He loved, you know, having a beer and just chatting the game and helping and, and still now he's, he's here giving advice and I know he's not been too well recently but fortunately he's on the on the track back. I managed to chat to him the other day through text but um, yeah he was sensational buffer and uh, I owe a lot to him. Nice. Yeah he's an absolute legend and you know we came through probably just right at the beginning of our careers on the academy and we just got a glimpse of the end of Buff and the way he spoke in the dressing room and we only played with him a couple of times but he's just pure class in everything he did talking talking to the youngsters in charge of the dressing room with the senior players he's just different class in everything he did so uh, go with you on that one just um you know, when we came into the club, you you were an established player. You had a, quite a good relationship with Kevin Sharp. Is is that uh, one of the best batting coaches you probably worked with? Yeah, I mean, from a, a coaching point of view, Kev is, is definitely the best I've worked with. I actually started working with him when he wasn't at the club. I had a couple of seasons where I was struggling and it was just a chance meeting at Bradford Park Avenue. I think you were working for Bradford Uni then yeah. and we got chatting and uh, you two guys know Kev well. He just said, come down for a coffee. He said, um, you know, I've, I've been through quite a lot of things you're saying. And I went down and in typical Kev fashion, we were there for about five hours. Uh, <laughs> chatting about stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was great. I just like offloaded loads of stuff. We chatted and, and then we just got out the relationship. We actually worked without anyone knowing for about a year. And um, things just started to click. I mean, you, you, you guys have had it. You've played enough where you just get with a coach or a player you click with and, and things take off. And um, I think after that, with Kev, I probably had my most consistent years. You know, he completely understood me. Um, I knew where he was coming from. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't afraid to, you know, to be critical at the right times, but he was a great mentor for me. I mean, and the, the biggest thing, I know Rich is coaching now and Brez, I'm sure you will be at some point, but, when a coach cares about you, it's a big thing. You know, he just had so much belief and not just on the cricketing terms. He cared about you as a person, you know, he got to know you, your family and people like that. And, you know, it's almost like another family member. You know, he, he kind of felt when you got poor scores or when you were getting criticised. So someone like that to go back to, you know, most weeks is a real comfort. But then luckily for me, uh, the club kind of, he got a job at the club and, and was there. And, and obviously you guys have worked closer with him as well. Yeah, no, I like Sharp is, I know Root is quite close to Sharpie as well, you know, from his days on the academy and Kev being around and as first team coach then as well. So, you know, he's, he's very well regarded as Kev um, and he's doing a great job at uh, Worcester now, isn't he? As well. Yeah, so, he is. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so moving on, uh, obviously we can't talk about the olden days. Well, obviously we are talking about the olden days. Talk about the old, 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 olden days. Winning the CMG and the championship in back-to-back years must have been quite special. Big celebrations. First trophy for a lot of years. <laughs> uh, I think I was around then as well. And obviously first trophy at Yorkshire for, for yourself. Can you just describe the feelings around that and how it all came about? Uh, yeah, I mean, the 2001 championship was unbelievable, really. A mixture of relief because we hadn't won it for 33 years. And it, it was a bit of a monkey kind of on everyone's back at the club. You know, the old players saying no, no one will ever win it. No one team will be, you know, win it like the 60s. And you know, we just never thought we'd get over the line. But to win it at Scarborough, which is a great ground to do it, a couple of games to spare, you know, huge crowd there. 
it was just amazing. And the celebrations after, looking back, you, you kind of take it for granted because when, uh, oh, how old will I have been then? 25, 26. You just think you're going to win more stuff and win another championship. But the, the whole day was brilliant. The celebrations lasted for two or three weeks, if not months. With the players, we were, as I say, we won it with two games to spare. So I think we, the next game, we're down in London, and you know it was a, it was a brilliant week. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the, the celebrations were superb. I mean the only disappointment for that team is we got relegated the next year, but we won the C and G. You know, we're criminal really with that team. We got relegated. We should never have done. But to win the C and G, it kind of papered over it a little bit. Even though it was a, again, another brilliant occasion, a really good game at Lords, and you probably remember Matty Elliott's unbelievable innings in that final and again you know that night the celebrations as you boys did at, uh, at Lords I remember you know whites to the pub and celebrating back at the hotel and family and friends there they're just days you'll never forget I mean we, we talk about runs and stats and wickets but my memories now are just all winning you know winning games celebrating friends good times you've had I can hardly remember the, the wickets I didn't get many wickets but catches and runs and stuff like that it's just the memories you form from you know the great lads you play with and, and them kind of days when you when you win yeah I totally agree and you know I think what makes it special especially at Yorkshire is that you come through together don't you so you'll have won those, that, that championship in 2001 with lads that you played with for years like Silvers Oggy Siddy all them and that's what makes it extra special yeah no absolutely and I think that's the great thing about Yorkshire. There's always, you know, the cornerstone of the team are made up of eight, nine, ten, sometimes eleven lads born in in Yorkshire, and, and sometimes come six, seven come through the same age group. So if you think about it in terms of other sports, to do that, we have mates from eleven and twelve it is incredible. It's unique, really. And as I say, you take it for granted at the time. It's now when you look back, it's like, geez, that you know, that was that was some going. So um, yeah, brilliant memories though. Nice. I think uh, next step for you, probably your England cap, was it? Is it the year that you took over as club captain as well? 2000? Yeah, 2003. Yeah, just caught, more or less just started the captaincy. And then about third game in, we, uh, well, I, I thought it was a joke at the time because we end off at Northampton. I'd got a call and it was from David Graveney. I thought we were one of the lads messing about. So <laughs> I kind of give him a little bit on the phone and put the phone down, but he left a message where it was actually grabbed saying you've been picked for the first test at Lord's. So, um, yeah, that week was brilliant. Obviously, I think that's more you know, like your family. You've wanted to get there for so long. Everyone's coming down to watch games at Lord's. First test of the season, I think it was. And, yeah, I managed to get a few runs in, in that as well. So, again, really good memories from that day. The, the, the few days at Lord's, we got a win as well. And yeah, w- walking through the long room as Brez has done many times, you, you can't beat that feeling. Yeah, it's special, isn't it? Especially like obviously debut at Lords is never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> and same game as um Jimmy made his debut. So uh he was uh his his haircut that day. I think he had the did he have the blonde streaks that day? I can't remember, but obviously just shows how long ago it was and Jimmy's still playing, which is amazing, yeah. still going strong. But um, how old was he then? Was he nineteen? <laughs> 18. It could have been 18, you know, 2003. So what's he now? He's late, mid-30s. But um, he were a young tearaway then. And I think, I think he might have got four or five wickets that game. But yeah, with Jimmy's debut as well. So, um, Is that the game you kept wicket for a spell, Grip? Uh, great minds, great minds, Bruce. No, that was, it was at Lords, but that was a couple of games later against South Africa. That's I got right. proper stitched up there. Proper stitched up. 
Trez should have done it, but he'd done his finger. And Trez were a good keeper, but it was one of my first games. So, you know. I thought you were mental, Mags. Well, I'd kept a couple of times, but when I missed second ball, it put my hands up and it gone straight through my hands. Goffey were bowling. You can imagine what he said. Whistle took boundary for fight. We're like zigzagging as it passed wickets. Then every fielder started throwing it inside to catch it. They were like symbols. <laughs> and then to top it off, Ashley Giles, they were on about 500 or something. Uh, that's when Smith and Kirsten got loads of runs. Gilo's then bowling over the wicket into rough and I'm standing up and uh, they're going they're going through my legs and also I think I've done about 20 odd eyes in an hour <laughs> and uh, Stewie, Stewie had gone off with a migraine or something and um, you know I'm expecting coming in at lunch or tea whenever it was going great effort Mags you know thanks for standing in he's like what was that I'm going to have to get them buys taken off my record here he's up at score at scorers but they're trying to get buys taken off I've been hitting ribs box Miss me, miss me hooter by inches. And Goffey's saying, you can't send him out again. He can't keep again. You know what, Goffey were like, just completely ash. So, yeah. Thanks, lads. <laughs> that was my last game, by the way. That was my last game. <laughs> oh, <by> sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> Is that because it buys or? <laughs> Probably. I got more buys than runs in that game as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're negative. You're yeah. minus. Yeah. So, uh Maguta, what gave you the most satisfaction? Winning the championship with Yorkshire or doing the double last year as a head coach? Tough one. Both different. I mean, as a player, the championship were just amazing. Uh, As I said, probably a bit younger then, so you took it for granted. But looking back now, you know, it's just amazing. Just a different feeling as a coach. Last year were very special because we were kind of playing knockout cricket from July and then the last two games of the season were finals day and and the game at Taunton, we, if we'd have lost both games, we'd have ended up with no trophies. So to win two right at the death, the timing was brilliant. It's a tough question. That. I can't split them, lads. I'm sorry. I'd have to say for a different reason. Yeah. I'm going to have to sit on the fence with that. No, understandable, Grip. Well, I think we've had enough serious cricket questions I've just got two, two words for you Gripper the snipper <laughs> the, your name's been thrown about a lot uh, yeah. could be could be for right reasons or wrong reasons I'm not sure but this is your chance now to have you say on, on the, the snipper we've actually we've actually had a few confessionals really yeah yeah. Well, that's interesting because well I think mid 90s kind of kicked off and I were a young player then, so I used to get the blame. They were like Gav Hamilton about Vaughan. Blakes were one of the suspects then. But Dave Bias in particular thought it were me. And he used to give me a bit of an hard time. And I just wrote a few. Michael Bevan, who were overseas then, he stopped wearing socks to the ground. Because he just said, I'm just not having another pair cut. He kept getting blisters. Pete, Pete Hartley, I remember his wife stopping me at Scarborough. Never met her before. She said, you won't know me, I'm Jack's wife. She said, please, please, please don't cut his socks today. I'm like, I'm not the snipper. I won't cut his socks. You know, stuff like that. Chalky, he stood up in the dressing room stupidly one day, Edinley, and said, lads, whoever the snipper is, I don't care. But these socks have been sent by my grandma from Australia. End of the game, his socks were cut to ribbons. He was spewing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was crazy. I think that there's a lot of, you know, people who've uh, tagged on. I don't think there's one snipper. I've been blamed, but it's not me. I mean, two quick stories. Sussex were away. Dave Bias were that frustrated. We're not catching the, the snipper. He said he wasn't going to play a Sunday league game until someone owned up. 
So we sat in the team model, he picked the team and he said, he went round to everyone, right, is it you? I just remember Blake's kept laughing and it got to five minutes before the toss, Peter Moores were coming over to ask him to toss up and he said, no, we're not playing till we find out the snipper. And Peter Moores was like, who's the snipper? Lads, just who's the snipper? <laughs> um, umpires are coming up, yeah, so no one gave in. And I think the best one, Sir Lawrence Byford, God bless his soul, he's passed away now, our old president. High up in the police force, he, he did some major cases, Yorkshire Ripper and so on. He was pres for, might have been 90 till 99. We're at Scarborough end of season. I think it might have been Frog or Dave Byers who stitched me up. End of season, they said the president wants to see you up in the old suites at Scarborough. So I've gone up there and he's interrogated me for 10 minutes. He's like, come on now. It's best for everyone, just admit you're the snipper. I'm like, it's not me, Prez. He goes, it is you, isn't it? Come on, get it off your mind. You know, you're not in trouble. He was just trying to coax it out of me. He goes, lads have been talking. They, they know it's you. We've got eyewitnesses. We know you've got scissors. It was just a complete <laughs> stitch up. Um, but he's just what do you like... reckon it was? If it wasn't you? I don't know. Could be Blake's. I think there were two or three. I don't think there were just one. Okay, okay. Is it, all right, let me... Rephrase that question. Have you ever snipped anyone? Adam lied. I owned up to one snipping last week. So here's your chance to own up if you've done at least one gripper. Um, I've done one. I'll own up to that. Who did you snip, yeah. Mags? Dave Bias. I, I, did, I did Dave Bias, yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> yes. Dave, if you ever listened to this. <laughs> Is that when he was playing for Lancashire? Yeah, he came back from Lancashire and we managed to... <laughs> We managed to get in their dressing room and um, I think we sent a ransom note for his socks or something like that. And we managed to cut his socks. But um, yeah, I mean, but they were bad. I mean, uh, they were one in second team. I mean, what people try to do with peace about when the, the snippings won, see who the common denominator was. But they were never, it might have been two or three. I mean, I remember yeah. Esso, end of one second team season, the game at York, he came into Clifton Park and he had, 18 pair of his boxer shorts hanging up saying welcome to York someone had nicked his boxer shorts all season <laughs> and all season yeah I think so but um, yeah but I think it were two or three Blakey must have something to do with it Hamilton I don't want to yeah but it's, it's still yeah. going on now though it's still going on yeah it's well it's, it's crazy isn't it can it's I just crazy. make a confession now seeing as we're in, a, seeing as we're in the, the circle of trust it, it was me that did you at Essex and cut your nipples out of your polo shirt. Yeah, well, I've heard that, Tim. I've heard that. I mean, that's, uh, that's quite a big confession, that gripper. To be fair, though, to be fair, I thought you might have thought it were me because I'm probably one of the only people who knew how far your nipples were apart. <laughs> I must admit, it got a bit tight that because it were end of season, so it gave me nipples a bit of breathing space that night. <laughs> And I've, had, uh, I've also had reports that you went out into town wearing that T-shirt as well. I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> it's caught on, does that look? You know, it's like in Essex, I like a bit of different kind of clobber. So uh, free nipple shirts went down I just well. remember we were, we were on, on way home at bus and uh, Cookie sent me a video of you putting your shirt on. And obviously yeah. lads had been teed up that had snipped you. And, uh, and they were singing, Terry shows you... Terry, Terry, show me your t- <laughs> <laughs> Right, we're a good opportunist snipping that, Tim. I think you've uh, done more than just one by the sounds of it. No. Sounds like an experienced snipper, that grip. does. I, I, I remember once, um, a young lad, I was coming through academy, and you know when you're on academy, you go to the first team as a, as a 12th man for a bit of experience, and 
and put me, I think Chalky must have been away with England and put me next to Dave Bias in corner and somebody snipped the middle of his underpants and they were pulled straight up to his armpits. <laughs> I've never been so scared in my life. I'm only 16 year old. God. I mean, that moment when they pulled them either through their armpits or over the knees, I just couldn't stop laughing. I think that's why people fight with me. I just, I, it just cracked me up. Blakes as well. It was just like being at school, on it? I, I remember that game you talked about doing, Dave Bias. Like, I came in, when it, we came in after tea and I think it was either Silvers or Hoggy. It was definitely Silvers. He went off, he went off and got a 12th man on. Yeah. And uh, we came in after tea and uh, half of his tie snipped straight through red rose were on the uh, pinned on our notice board on it really like, oh my god who's done that <laughs> silver's looking very gilly you named the fun out here Riz, if you i don't know jeez they're not here to defend themselves are they good job you did get interrogated by sir lawrence you'd have blabbed it all over <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Mags, you're known for your pranks. Funniest prank that you've done and funniest prank that you've received? Um, done were probably curbs. We'd won at Scarborough and we had a night out and I had a christening. I think it was my nephew's christening the next day and I had to get back early. So believe it or not, I left, not Lawton's, what's it called? What's the nightclub called in Scarborough? Berlin's. Berlin's. Yeah, I'd left Berlin's early. As if you uh, forgot not, that. Not that I've been, not that I've been. <laughs> got back getting up in the next morning got up whatever it was half seven eight got down to my car we were staying in the old St Nick where you parked on the street all my tyres are down so not just one I knew something had been on goes into reception has anyone seen anything luckily they had CCTV oh and there was um, there was a cone on my bonnet as well so I knew it were the lads anyway luckily CCTV half three in the morning there's two or three lads absolutely pissing themselves and Curbs has let me tyres down. So useless with cars. I had to get someone to come out and change my tyres and I was late for christening, family viewing, but I didn't mention anything. So about a week later, Curbs had just got a new Lexus. So during training, I got his logbook and I put his new Lexus in the auto trader for about a grand and a half. And it's before real mobile phones took off. Uh, so I put his own number and I just said something like leaving the country, grand and a half on nearest offer. Need to sell it in a week. And he just got a million and one calls all through the night. But what he didn't know was I also put in the classifieds, he had the pizza oven for sale about three weeks later because he thought he knew I'd done the old auto trader gag, but he kept coming in saying, people keep ringing up for a pizza oven. <laughs> no idea what they're on about. So uh, yeah, that's Probably one of the best with curbs. Best one to me, there's been loads, probably Almo, Alex Morris. In the days when championship were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you broke for Sunday league and then came back on Monday for the championship. Roasting up day at Aberdale Park. Went out to bat, I got 90 odd, but the pads in them days weren't very good. So you used to put five pads behind your pad. Anyway, I'd batted, come in, put my pads in the coffin put that bag aside, we played the Sunday league on the Sunday, came back on the Monday, we went to go in the dressing room, we were batting again, the dressing room, it like someone had died in there, it was absolutely disgusting, no one had go in, anyway, when we, we sent the dressing room attendant in, and the smell were coming from my coffin, when he opened it up, there were 
what Almo had done was he took my thigh pod out and he put a fresh cod behind my pad. So I batted <laughs> on the Saturday with a big fish behind my pad. And obviously by Monday, it had gone off and fish guts everywhere. They were drooling me coughing. I had to oh. throw all my kit away. It was absolutely disgusting. So yeah, probably Almo holds, holds, holds that. He, he did me. Disgusting. Were you anything to do with Curbs Aerial at Leicester? I think so. Oh, well, yeah. that one. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was I, I. I assumed it was you because uh, Buff. I remember him driving in, in passenger seat, and I'm sure you were driving, and he was picking his teeth with Curbs' aerial off his Lexus. <laughs> but, on, uh, but when he got to, to he got to ground, Curbs was already at the ground. So Buff had pulled some Paul ads. Aerial off his left. <laughs> I think I remember that now. <laughs> Yeah. We used to nick the, you know, you used to put your cassette thing into thieves couldn't take it. You used to yeah. stick it on and take it out. So when we had long journeys, we'd get in someone's car and nick that so they couldn't listen to it radio down to Taunton or something like that. Um, <laughs> silly little games like that. I remember doing that to Blake's a few times if we weren't happy. Right, we'll move on to some Twitter questions, Grip. Yep. A few from our listeners. Uh, this one's from uh, a young man called Ben Code. Uh, it says, question, question for Mags. Crossword clue. Flightless bird from Iceland. Six to seven letters. <laughs> Code. Yeah, frozen chicken. <laughs> One of your favourites, that gripper? Yeah, always use that. Uh, we've got one from... Uh, a regular, actually, Fieldy. So he's put test average over 40, four wickets at 14s and three catches as wicketkeeper, where the English public denied the greatest ever all-rounder for just four tests. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Did you get four I mean, catches as wicketkeeper? No, I, didn't. I, I got catches, but not as a keeper. Right, OK. I, I actually caught a ball, but I didn't catch it from a batter. <laughs> four, I caught one behind. four drops. It, it, it might have mean I caught the ball four times, but... Um, <laughs> No, I mean, I were a bit gutted to get left out after four tests. But, you know, it's like it's other people's opinion selectors. I, yeah. I think they're the, probably the biggest thing, the first two games, getting 60-odd and 80-odd. If I'd have got 100 in one of them, probably bought a little bit more time. But, yeah, yeah looking back now... 60-odd and 80-odd in your like, first couple of games. It's not a bad effort, that. And you got Smith out, didn't you? Um, no, Kirsten. Kirsten. Yeah. Right. I Chopped thought you got on. Graham Smith out nicked off. I was at a one-day one day international. No, I don't think I got Smith. But oh, I'll, I'll take totally it. I'll take like, it. Dreamed. Yeah. Was it Dougie Donnelly? It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't get Smith. Smith was just getting two hundred every game then in that series. I think he was. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I do. Unfortunately, Terry, I do. <laughs> this is from Mark Tiffany. His eyes have perked up, so he must know. Uh, to what extent did the wickets prepared by Bob Ledbetter at Bankfoot CC? <laughs> Ready, a young Anthony for the rigours of international cricket. I thought I recognised the name, yeah, Mark, from uh, his, his dad, actually, one of my first coaches, John, up at Bankfoot. But that's where I kind of learnt my trade. Played many an hour up at Bankfoot. Brilliant club, still going. Tiffany's are still involved. So, um, yeah, pitches up there, served me well. So now that, I suppose we'll move on to our favourite part of the pod, that covers off, for a very particular reason. Tell us top three either from the dressing room or being on tour or pre-season or international stuff. Insider um, info or sledges or just general stories. Dion, the Dion Cruz. He had um, 
Explain. Yorkshire Yorkshire public will, will know Dion well, a great great servant for the club opening bowler. Big African, we're missing home, and he loved his South African produce. He loved his biltong and duravos and everything, and he kept telling the lads for weeks, I've got this order coming in, biltong, duravos, I'll give you boys some fizzy drinks from South Africa, crisps and everything. So the date came, a massive cardboard box. Dion's so excited, he rings his wife. It's arrived, it's arrived, I'll be home straight after play. Not getting a shower, you know, we'll be eating well tonight. But unfortunately, a little bit mischievous. Dion went out to bat, and normally when he went out to bat, you, you knew he didn't have long. So um, managed to get down to the dressing room, head in the old dressing rooms. We took everything out of the box, and it was packed full with, with uh, all the good packaging stuff. We put in a toaster, cocoa pops, what fizz left. Some bread, some asteroids, just anything that I could get the weight up. Taped it back up, put it in his spot. Sure enough, Dion were out for a balls late. I didn't think of it. Went out to ball for an hour. Straight in. Lads, sorry boys, can't stay. I'm getting back to the old wife. So the lads are all in on the gag. We managed to get his meat and save it with John, the room attendant. But he's got home. He's obviously opened the package and he's absolutely distraught. His wife's gone crazy. Um, at first he thought it was a wrong order I think he's rung the people up and said no no we've got the order here and then he put two and two together I must have had 80 missed calls that night on my hands up from Dion blaming me calling me every name under the sun so I'm thinking I need to get in next morning and make sure this meets alright but when I got there him and his wife were waiting at the entrance to see where this meat and produce were um, <laughs> so uh, he wasn't very happy Deanna. is he it right he didn't me. speak to you for two months after that he wasn't two months that he didn't speak to me for a while and every time he bowled it nets at me he didn't pitch him up but um, <laughs> yeah we managed to have a laugh about it after that but he wasn't an happy chappy no didn't go mm. down well um, what else have I got Buffer probably one of the most amazing things I've seen was we talked about the championship earlier Buff were probably the drunkest man on, on that Saturday when we won the championship. But we had a Sunday league game the next day. So we we drunk till all hours and the club had arranged an open-top bus from the Crown Hotel to the ground. You know how far that is, not far. Um, and we, yeah, and it was a sellout that day. We're playing knots in the Sunday league. We got to the ground, everyone's hung over. I were batting three, Buff were batting four. And Buff is drinking champagne before he goes out to bat. His helmet's full of champagne. Um, I think Woody and Gav opened that day and we went in partnership. I have never seen an innings like it. It was incredible. He got 191, which I think is still a Yorkshire record. But he, it was it was embarrassing because uh, Greg Blewett was playing for knots and he said, Max, just get off strike. You, honestly, you're, just, you're spoiling everyone's entertainment and get off strike because Buffer was scooping them. He was saying, where do you want me to hit it? I'll go over point and he did it over point. And I'd say lap slog him and he'd lap slog. It was unbelievable. We put on about 190 odd and I got 32 or something. I got slow and clapped off. That's how bad it was. <laughs> His innings was unbelievable. And he was still half cut. It was just genius. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, probably not what people expect. And, and he was, you know, serious buffies about his cricket. But for someone who had drunk that much and to have champagne before I went out to bat, it's just what dreams are made of, isn't it? Freak of a bloke. So talented. And probably when my car got stolen, that's, a, that's not a bad one. Remember the old Monday clubs at Buzz Bar in Wakefield? We had a week off. So when I lived at East Pilot, I think myself, Buff, Chalky White, Gav, Siddy, Silvers, Woody, 
were all staying at my house. So we had the drink in East Bailey, went to Buzz Bar, came back at all different times. But we'd left the, I'd left the you know, door open, so people were coming in and out. Lads were sleeping on the floor. There were casualties all over. Woke up next morning, I'm tidy in the house. All lads have gone. About 12 o'clock, I've come out to get my car. My car's gone. So I'm ringing the lads, come on, where's it? I'm looking in my garage, ringing Gav, where is it? He's like, look up the streets. I've run up the street, it's not there. By this time, all the lads are in the gag. So they're ringing me, you know, with fake accents, meet me at M606, I'll give you a car back. So this was going on for a couple of days. But it turned out, none of them had it. I didn't report it to police for a week. It had actually been nicked. So some opportunist had come, come on a Monday night, Tuesday morning. He'd seen the door half open. They climbed across some bodies, got my car keys, and drove off with my Nissan sports car, which I'd only just got. So I'd reported it to police a week later. They've turned up. When did it go missing? I'm like, oh, about a week ago. They're like, why haven't you reported it? So I've told them the story. They're just checking their head. And of course, then I've rung insurance. It's null and void because I've not reported it in time. <laughs> So my <laughs> Nissan new sports car, which I thought Gav had got hid in a garage and Buff had got it at Headingley somewhere, had actually been nicked legitimately and I couldn't claim and police were spewing me. So, um, yeah, the lads love that one. Oh, one of them still got it and they've just not told me 20 years on. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> Right, Grip, we'll move on to the covers off uh, quick-fire questions, if you're ready yeah. for that. Yeah. Just give us, your, give us your first answer to these questions. Earliest memory of cricket? Bankfoot Cricket Club, we talked earlier, my local club. Cricket in hero? Ooh, Robin Smith, growing up. Loved him. County debut? Um, Glamorgan, 95, Bradford Park Avenue. Best innings? Um, one probably against Showip at Edinley. I don't know the exact date. I think he was uh, playing but, for Darrow. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember him bowling fast on a not very good pitch, but I managed to get a hundred and some. Yeah, I think that one. I reckon I reckon I remember you running at him and smacking him into Western Terrace or East Stand a few times. <laughs> I remember Doss's Doss's hand hanging off, which were bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Remember he bowled curbs a flat one at their spot? Ah, oh, that was brilliant, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Charged that was him, charged him bowling a fat, uh, flat one and then Kerbs <laughs> asked him, how do you get your thighs so big? What weights do you do on your thighs? Climb <laughs> <laughs> out, Kerbs. And uh, that he thought he won't bowl another bouncer at me now and he beamed him. <laughs> That's because I reckon he, he, he sat there all the time that we were batting trying to blow a Swiss ball up with his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And you were pretending to drink out of that water bottle, which were actual pump. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Your favourite ground in the world to play at? Oh. Um, favourite ground in England, Scarborough, definitely. Uh, brilliant place to play. Uh, and Sydney. I'd go Sydney abroad. Sydney cricket ground. Great ground. Somebody to bat for your life? Darren Lehman. Choice. Messi in the dressing room. I tell you that would be if I can use uh, it's now Essex Dan Lawrence. I have never seen a messier man in my life. He loses everything, his kit's all over. He went out to bat without his bat, he's left his passport and missed tour for a day or two. His kit is all over. <laughs> Good job he can play cricket then. Yeah, he can play. Yeah. Who's the most vain cricketer you've come across? <laughs> oh, that is tough. 
not many Vane lads Yorkshire ever. Um, I'd probably say Siddy from his early days, sexual chocolate yeah. we used to call him. He used yeah, his that, uh, that red yeah, tea as well. Loved it. He loved his moisturisers and hair gel, and yeah, he was yeah Siddy. Best celebrations or party after a game or series? Every week. Um, <laughs> I'd have to say 2001 because of the situation. First time we'd won it. And as I said, we had a couple of games left. And the trip we had to London after that and the, the few days after winning it was massive. Three people, living or dead, to have dinner with? Uh, oh, have to be careful what I say. I can't say I had a fish or can I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell you, I go. I tell you, I go for. I would go for Gary Barlow. You know, I'm a big Take That fan. Yeah, and lookalike. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, do a bit of singing. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais for a bit of comedy. I keep it all male. I tell you, I go for George Best. He must have some unbelievable tales, yeah. both on and off. Yeah, and he'd be and be some good drinks as well. I reckon there. Uh, yeah, Solid three that group. Yeah. Pick your best six-a-side cricket team that you've played with. That's impossible. Have yourself as wicketkeeper. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm utility getting, man. I'm not getting in that. Um, you know what? I'd go back to probably when I first started for a bit of uh, nostalgic. I'd go with Buffer, Chalky, Gav, Hamilton, uh, Matthew Wood. I'd have to go Goffey because... Is good value and also get you in every place at that time. You're a superstar, <laughs> and I'll go. I'll go. Blake Richard Blake is wicketkeeper. It's a solid I'll team. I've got a nineties team. I think there'll be a bit of good fun there as well. There's some okay. snipping going on, won't there? <laughs> right, Mags. And finally, we do this with all our guests. One of the favourite <laughs> parts of the pod, and I'm sure you'll enjoy this. Name as many Pato nicknames as possible in thirty seconds. So so far, Joe Root's leading with twelve. Adam Lyth is eight, and Big Duan with six. Can I just yeah. say before I start, what a podcast this is. A question on Pato's nicknames. Genius. Whoever's dreamt that up. It's my favourite <laughs> subject. How long have I got? 30 got seconds. 30 seconds. On, on Briz's yeah. call. Right. Three, two, one, go. Steve. Stephen. Bad cleaner. Bad climber. Cocoa potback. Macaroni man. Spaghetti body. Grand, granddad body. Black tooth, picket fence teeth, side screen teeth, harsh gnashes, woogie, <laughs> <laughs> Sally Webster, uh, scruffy Dolph Lundgren, vertical skull, post box head, goaters, goat eagle, goat fox, goat snake, goat shark, goat monkey, goat wasp. Um... <laughs> How long's that, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> That's 40 seconds on the spot I'd let uh, you go <laughs> I've got to miss them there as well Thanks. How many, how many? you got 25 yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's going to be spewing with me, isn't he? That's brilliant He's going to be spewing It says 23 underneath, Rich I love Woogie Woogie's my favourite Official call is 23, Mags Producer Kate, she's done. She's done a quick VAR, and it's twenty-three. I've got to say, Woogie's my favourite. If I can pick one, I love Woogie. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to get Pato on this pod. Oh, you've got to do. Is it right that yeah. you made most of them up? <laughs> few of them, few, yeah. 
<laughs> I tell you, I tell you, you'd be good at that. Rash, get Rash. Rash on. He loves Pato's nicknames. He does. Yeah. He loves rinsing him as well, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> right, Terry. Absolute diamond. Thank you very much for. Uh, no, cheers, boys, and good, good luck with it all. No, good luck. Good luck with it all. Thank you. Cheers, Thank you very much. Um, absolutely outstanding. I think you'll agree. One of our. Well, I've had. I've certainly enjoyed this chat. Um, I'm sure Rich can speak for Rich as well and say that he has. And I think our listeners will uh, very much enjoy this week's pod. So thanks very much. You've been listening to the Covers Off podcast from Yorkshire County Cricket Club and with me, Tim Breslin and Richard Pyra. If you have any questions for us throughout the week, tweet us at Tim Breslin and at Richard Pyra. And remember to subscribe to our podcast, which is available on Spotify and iTunes. We'll be back next week. But until then, stay safe, folks, and goodbye.